It's the 10 to 1 podcast with your host, Brad Oman, featuring Ben Conowitz and Nate Laux. And here's the podcast. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. No, what? It's not. It's so low. <laughs> How? I don't know. It's For some reason, this time around, I was like, and here's the podcast. It doesn't sound. It doesn't sound. My you. You're Brad. slow motion. No, you sound like the talk boy in Home Alone too. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, this is Peter McAllister, the, the father. <laughs> and I'd like a hotel room, please, with an extra large bed, one a cheese TV, pizza, and one of saying? those little refrigerators you have to open hey. with a key. With a key. Credit card. You got, got it. it. <laughs> Which one of you jerks had one of those when you're little? Kid? I, oh, had it. I, I had it. I wanted one. So I wanted one. Bad. All the you, rich kids got them, and I didn't. I didn't because I had kid, one. No, I lived in a trailer park. I didn't. I literally had a talk. Yeah, of course you did. I know. Well, that, I know. What, we're that, saying. That. I didn't know that was a rich thing. Of course it was because it was overpriced yeah. because it was from the movie and only rich it's kids like could twenty four dollars. Because Brad and I would get it like four years later yeah. when they, the your parents, parents but my, couldn't no. afford twenty four dollars. No, Nate, your dad could. He just like no. No, he didn't love me enough though. No. And also, and my parents recognized that it was just a glorified tape recorder. Yeah, but it was cool because it had like the microphone that came this out. This is and a handheld glorified tape Man, recorder. What a cool thing. It was. Yeah. What awesome. A, what a cool iPhone. Use it ever? Oh my god! Every day, like I remember a whole summer of using it. That's how Ben started his uh, comedy career. <laughs> yeah, no, that's how this podcast actually started. <laughs> if you go back last that, last season, turn to one podcast. <laughs> Why did you do that voice the entire time? Because it's, it's kind of what you sound like. Uh, this isn't a Home Alone podcast. This is a Saturday Night Live <laughs> podcast. Welcome to the Ten to One. We talk about every new episode of SNL, at least for the past season and a half. Uh, <laughs> and this was is, there SNL before that? I don't <laughs> we know. don't. No one can say. This is season 48, and uh, the, the host this weekend was Dave Chappelle. Yay! Really? Yeah. It was the uh, the third time he's hosted. Uh, the first time he hosted was back in 2016 after a pretty big election, uh, and it was, a, it was a big kind of sensation because he did stand up at the top for his monologue. Uh, it was kind of a, a, what we needed to hear at the time after feeling defeated after that election where Donald Trump became president. Uh, then he came back uh, for the after the 2020 election when Joe Biden won the presidency, and it's become kind of a tradition now. Lorne Michaels brings Dave Chappelle back to offer his, you know, take on things happening after an election. And we just had the midterms where the Republicans didn't uh, have their red wave wash out as much blue as they did. Or hoped. a red tsunami. It was a red drip. But, yeah. Um, Oof, yuck. Th- let, let me, yeah. That let me sounds bad. Because we're, we're going to talk probably... Uh, uh, critique Dave Chappelle a little bit on some things here in a second. But let me let me oh, talk just, about... Just a teeny bit. Let me talk about what I think Dave Chappelle has done. And well... Um, in 2016, I was depressed after the election. I didn't go the way that I, I that I wanted it to. Mm-hmm. And Dave Chappelle came on SNL, and I laughed for the first time probably honestly since the election. And he made some jokes that I thought were in, culturally at at the right moment. It it was it was electric for me because it met the moment. It was the first time I'd laughed in a while. And honestly, it was almost the first time I thought, "All right, we're we're gonna get it's back up, a and bit we're cathartic, up, and we're gonna try it again, right?" Sure, yeah. sure. And Dave Chappelle did that, and and honestly, and I don't want to be overly dramatic about what he did, but SNL felt and good. Dave it felt Chappelle, good. They brought me back. Um, didn't feel the same. I didn't maybe need the same in twenty twenty because sure. Biden won these kind of things. But it was still, it was still funny. Let me say there were some sketches I laughed at. But we're going to have some criticism that I don't think we've levied in any other episode of SNL like we're going to have tonight. Yeah. 
but you know, we'll get to Dave Chappelle in a little bit. Let's just jump right into the normal part of the show with the cold open. Nate, what happened? Fox and Friends cold open, written by Mike DeCenzo, Allison Gates, Ken Sublett. The hosts of Fox and Friends, Mikey Day, Heidi Gardner, Bo and Yang, interviewed Carrie Lake, played by Cecily Strong and Donald Trump, played by, played uh, so well by James Austin Johnson about the 2022 midterm election. Uh, and let me say this before we get into this. I have spoke many minutes about how much I love James Austin Johnson and James Austin Johnson's impression of Donald Trump. Here we are getting ready for probably on Thursday, uh, maybe this week, for Donald Trump to announce that he's running again. I'm ready for a Donald Trump reprieve on SNL. Um, this is no. I'm ready for a Donald Trump reprieve in all facets of oh, life. That, that good point. <laughs> but this is not a reflection of my belief in the ability of James Austin Johnson. He does the best Trump. He's so skilled. I don't always think the comedy is perfect there, but he, his Trump is perfect. Yeah, his his, imp- his impression is beyond. I'm reproach. just ready for a break. However. Though. Oh my God! How many times in a row can you do this as cold open? Come on, guys! Yeah, it's we we've talked uh, endlessly about how the the news pundit shows, the the press conferences, the you know any any of the typical political satire stuff doesn't work for SNL, and this is clearly more evidence of that. The one thing I will say that I appreciated on to some level was the fact that the the sketch itself does act as a reaction to what is actually happening with the Republicans as they are distancing themselves from Trump because clearly he did not help in the way maybe that he used yeah, to. They're the way, setting up a Ron DeSantis run is what they're yeah, doing. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so it's you know we it's uh, I like the idea of seeing Fox and Friends do that, but the the, the sketch itself is just isn't anything strong. And also, uh, I got I gotta say, seems like a weird choice to have Bowen Yang <laughs> play Brian Kilmeade. Uh, so a little, I, but I will say that. If we're moving on as a country from Donald Trump and even the Republicans are moving on from him, this is kind of a nice bookend to be like, the show's doing it as well. Yeah. And this is not the last of James Austin Johnson's Trump will see, of course. Or of Donald Trump at all. No, but this feels like they're shoving him out of the picture in the right way. And that's what made this sketch okay instead of terrible. I hate, right, the political call. They're just terrible at them this one felt a little different and maybe it's because i'm like okay oh yeah we're we're getting rid of him okay maybe that's what that felt like a little bit did you, this- you jerk off while this sketch was happening oh yeah <laughs> now now ben as i a, did as a super wealthy small business owner you i assume <laughs> watch box and Brains most mornings oh but no why you, would you say you that like brian the brian kilmeade impression by bowen yang uh who else is gonna so mikey day uh, is, is in this sketch. No, and that, and that, that's the thing is it's it's it can't be James Justin Johnson, it can't be Mikey Day, and that's pretty much everybody who I mean, can play the, Brian the, Kilmeade and be the white man convincing? is getting killed on SNL here, guys. <laughs> we talked about it off air a little bit. Um, uh, uh, Hernandez, what's Marcelo Hernandez? So he, he maybe. Yeah, maybe. Could have done it, but like... I mean, if Fred Armisen can be Obama, then Marcelo well, Hernandez can be Brian Kilmeade, right? For sure. The, <laughs> but at the end of the day, you know, I'm sorry, but Alex Moffat, Kyle Mooney are gone. They're you know? gone. Yeah. It's, listen. And we, no one's going to no one's gonna beat Bobby Moynihan's Brian Kilmeade. No, of course not. But And also, we are not, like, we're not hurting We're not for, lamenting. We're not we're, lamenting. We're not, no, no, not hurting for white male leads on the not, show. Not at all. It's just, it's just strange that this is how it works and, out. It's so funny to me, too, because when do you need them? During a Fox News yeah. segment, yeah. which is hilarious, and also it's it. I think it maybe speaks to like 
the position that maybe some people had about Dave Chappelle hosting. No, that's to, a great point. To lead back into it, because Bowen Yang is uh, famously homosexual. <laughs> and, famously. And he- uh, I've heard that. I've heard that. Probably has some issues with the way uh, Dave Chappelle has been treated the LGBTQ plus community. And then if you look at the the goodbyes, Bowen the, Yang, the, I, I didn't see him on stage. No, he wasn't I didn't there. see Molly Carney on Sarah stage. Sarah Sherman wasn't Sarah there. Sarah Sherman wasn't there. But apparently Sarah Sherman not- part of LGBTQ plus community. Uh, but shocking she, to me, honestly. No, no. Yeah. But, <laughs> no, but like she wasn't at the no, goodbye. Right. Yeah. She, she was not. I wasn't yeah. making a statement was about Cecily, her. No, no, exactly. There, was yeah. Cecily Strong there in the goodbye? She was. Okay. Yeah. Um, we'll get to that. But I will say um, if Bowen Yang was standing with like Nate, how, how like we, we know Celestium is a, a trans writer on the show. Mm. How many sketches did she write this week? She that I can find, she wrote none of them. Right. So it's not a boycott. She's just taking a week off, and that's fine, of course. Respect it, love it, think that's a great mo- move. I think that maybe this is Bo and Yang being like, Oh, hey, here's a sketch where Dave Chappelle and I are not interacting. I get to do this and then I can take the rest of the night off. And they allowed it because, yeah, you know, they respect Bone Yang as a, a, a cast member that has LGT. Oh, uh, fuck. LGBTQ plus. Thank you. All of the letters plus the plus sign uh, that I'm terrible at saying. That is a very, very uh, appropriate response from the show. Yep. If he's able to do that and then take the rest of the night off, good for him. Yeah, I would love to hear some of the behind-the-scenes stuff that happened this week. I doubt we ever will. We, yeah, um, but the LGBTQ uh, plus community, you know, has been represented on the show for quite a while now, and Molly Kearney, especially, uh, and Celeste Yim are two people that are clearly in that genre. Genre? Genre of people. <laughs> <laughs> but no, there are plenty of people on the show that are no, that are not willing to, you know, stand with Dave Chappelle. Clearly, yeah. And again, and I want to be very careful about those that did perform. I I don't want to judge or I don't want to. The show has to go on. The show has to go on. I mean, you know, even when, you know, when Donald Trump, mean, when Donald Trump hosted, yeah. there was plenty of backlash and people didn't do the show, but the show still had to happen. So, so to a certain extent, I, I want to celebrate those that made the principal decision to say, no, I will only do this amount. This is where my value. But do you want to celebrate Dave Chappelle? But I only want to celebrate the cast members. And the okay, yeah, because you know why? Moving on to Dave Chappelle. Yeah, yes, because we don't need to celebrate Dave Chappelle uh, for this monologue, uh, especially because this, it was like um, so. It was a long monologue, right? And it was fifteen like minutes, twelve minutes of problematic stuff, three minutes of really funny stuff, and one minute of just like dog whistles. Yeah, <laughs> and the thing is, is like so. Oh. Da- Dave Chappelle as a, as a comedian has changed, you know, because uh, he's, I mean, he's, he's gotten a little bit more uh, arrogant. And, like, I think that he sees that people look at look to him to be, like, this barometer for, for culture, for society. And he used to have the strength of a comedian that deserved that. He is a little bit of a pariah, right? Yeah. I mean, he has a, a huge following. Absolutely. But this so time... So does Joe Rogan. But this time, he really, he's, he's doing... Uh, careful anti-semitism <laughs> exactly essentially because if you listen to what he says when he talks about kanye west which was the focus of much of his uh monologue his stand-up bit here uh he's not denouncing what kanye said necessarily but he is he's saying that he just didn't say it the right way and he's he's basically stopping just short 
of defending mm. what Kanye West is, is saying, or at least his, his right to say it, maybe, uh, but saying that there's a better way to go about it. Because he mentions a couple times this idea of like of of what Kanye was getting at about Jewish people controlling the media. Uh, the the what he says in the, in the the monologue is uh, if it's if it's a bunch of black people, they're a gang. It's if it's Italians, they're a mob. If it's Jewish people, it's a coincidence, and no one should say anything about it. That's is- basically saying don't say anything bad about Jewish people, or you're going to get canceled. And I'm sorry, but they- It's also saying they are a gang. They are the mob. Exactly. But you just can't say it. Exactly. And and this is- Holy shit. It's not as if joking about Jewish people having a prominence in media is anything new. Jewish comedians have done it for decades. Everyone has joked about it, but it's how you joke about it that matters. Not only was this funny, but it feels like a veiled criticism that is essentially anti-Semitic. And it feels- Not funny, not funny. Yeah, it feels like it's normalizing it. Yeah, and in order to- to do that you certainly have to do like you said some careful weaving of what is and is not anti-semitism in your comedy yeah right and he really didn't do that at all in the monologue even in the in the setup at the beginning where he comes out and he reads this statement of apology and he says kanye west not this is how you ask for forgiveness that's how you buy time that's how you buy time. as in like you don't have to mean it just exactly. act like you do and and again there, that there's was, and that was the entire his entire uh, monologue was, here's how you buy time so that you can maybe structure a better defense so you don't lose your Adidas deal. Yeah. Here's how you can be anti-Semitic and mean it in your heart, but come across as a way that you won't lose your deals. And the idea that people people ask for forgiveness that don't mean it, that is is not an uncommon thing. Sure, of course. But just the the idea that you you can say things like- You cannot separate this monologue from the time that we exist where- Statistics tell us anti-Semitism is on the rise, you know, uh, where uh, synagogues have been shot up or set on fire, these kind of things. And so there, there is much in the American Jewish community to be very afraid of. And the question becomes, again, as we've talked about here on the podcast many times in our other podcasts, Go Flix Yourself. Are you punching down or are you punching up? We appreciate comedy and we love comedy, even biting comedy, even sometimes offensive comedy that punches up. We don't appreciate comedy that punches down. Yeah. And nor, that doesn't nor, mean you can't listener, make fun nor of, should you. Yeah. <laughs> and that doesn't mean you can't make fun of Jewish people at time or Christian people or, you know, anybody, uh, anybody, anybody, anybody or anything. anything. Yep. Uh, Jerry Just Seinfeld is don't a very famous punch as, as, Brad says, very famously Jewish, uh, Jerry Seinfeld is, and has made a lot of Jewish types of jokes, right? There are comedy comedians. Pete Davidson's father died 9-11, and Pete Davidson has some of the most, like the most hilarious 9-11 jokes I've ever heard. And other people have made hilarious jokes about it to him. And that's the thing. You don't need to be part of the group to make fun of the group as long as he truly comes across as out of love and you're making a, an, a, a, a a comment on it without punching down. Yeah, exactly. And if you don't know what punching down or punching up is, just Google it and it's it'll come across. All right. It, you just you don't want to marginalize somebody because they are of a certain race creed. And, the, well, and this, I think this is where the the uh the circumstance that's um comes along that is interesting with Dave Chappelle because Dave Chappelle obviously is a black comedian. Uh, he's done a lot of race-based humor. His sketches on the Chappelle Show are, are based around uh, culture and race and like the position uh, of different races and class and things like that. 
but Dave Chappelle has taken it upon himself to be this sort of arbiter of like how racism is perceived and has begun comparing the oppression of black people to the oppression of gay people and how they don't have it necessarily as bad as black people do. Um, and defending people, not, not necessarily defending, but going out of their way to not necessarily be as judgmental about people like uh, Kanye West or Kyrie Irving uh, because they are black and he does share a kinship with them and doesn't necessarily want to see them, you know, harmed or uh, canceled because of mistakes they've made but also not necessarily acknowledging the the pain and uh, troubles that come from saying these kinds of things are. And in doing so is kind of like dancing around the idea that this is wrong and trying to make, make jokes out of it that aren't necessarily acknowledging the real problem. I, I don't want my people to be looked down upon. Therefore, anything they say, I can try to defend yeah. even a little bit. And I won't even think about anybody else. Yeah. And that it's very selfish and it's very hardcore. And that's a it's a real difficult take for the for the general populace, black, white, Asian, yeah. a, and we, anybody to And we to do accept. we will fully acknowledge and reference our, our self-awareness that we are just three white dudes talk, <laughs> talking about this yeah. on a podcast. But there are prominent and uh, you know uh black media critics out there who are saying the exact same thing. Like this yeah, is this they're is not on board with this. This is sure, this yeah. is not okay, you know? So like just because uh, you are clearly being mistreated doesn't mean that other people aren't also being mistreated. Yeah. That's a really hard take to be like, we have it. the whole, we have it worse thing. Why is it a competition? Why can't everybody other than honestly, white people, they have it really bad, but trying to compare it's just a, like a race to the bottom type thing. Like who's got it literally the worst. And that's, that's a tough pill to swallow for everybody. Yeah. yeah. James Baldwin in 1967 wrote this very, famous uh article in new york times that's alex's older brother right uh james baldwin alex baldwin's older brother yeah, no, no, no. no not okay uh, no. so <laughs> he wrote this uh um new york times essentially just like you know article about um where because in his culture again in his time in 19 in the 60s he noticed that there was a growing um black anti-jewish sentiment and one of the things he wanted to do is he wanted to correct the record a little bit and say listen this isn't your your, your ire is pointed at the wrong people and the wrong things you're mistaking a group of people um for being the the essentially the oppressors when really it's not them um and that if you opened your heart and you opened your mind to the issue is um, Jewish people, and actually Dave Chappelle has even said this before, Jewish people, um, Jewish Americans have actually had to endure, as we obviously know from Holocaust, these kind of things, but have had to endure significant amounts of oppression, significant amounts of marginalization. So that some Jewish members of America and you know, media have influence doesn't negate the fact that Jewish Americans are still and have gone through significant hardships to have a, a living and to have a life in America. And again, a, as we at this time in history seem to be far more binary in our look at our neighbors of who is good and who is bad, it becomes dangerous when a very prominent comedian, and, and I would even argue cultural critic as, as he's become, doesn't sometimes push against the things that are harming the country. Um, Dave Chappelle has done very incredible and brilliant cultural comedy. Even those that have uh, been against my 
tribe, you might say, my people, right? Um, he makes fun of and, and points out the hypocrisies in liberal or democratic politics. He talks about why people love Donald Trump. Um, and it wasn't just because they were racist, as sometimes liberals want to make it seem. It's not. It was when he was running in 2015 and 2016, as he says in his monologue, which was, I think, great cultural commentary. It was because he was the outsider. Right. He was the outsider that says, I'm the one on the inside. And I'm telling you, it's all crazy in here. Right. And people said, oh, really? I thought it was crazy. And the guy on the inside says it's crazy. I agree. And so. But then he went back, went back into the house. Exactly. And kept doing it. Exactly. <laughs> Which is. So that's the good cultural commentary. He's making fun of his own tribe. He even admits I'm a Democrat. Right. And, and I love that, though, because people. he's literally saying that it he's he's defending MAGA at that point, saying these people didn't vote for him because they're racist. They voted for him because I mean, maybe some, but that's not, sure. Yeah. But that's not the majority. The majority voted for them because he looked at it like, or they looked at it like, this is somebody who's telling it like it is. We we've no. My father, I think, right. I honestly think my dad voted for Trump in 2016, and it wasn't because my dad's racist. Because I I know he's not, but he absolutely believed. Like finally, somebody is telling the truth and they caught my dad and a lot of people like him in 2016 my father voted uh for biden in 2020 i know that for a fact he told me we've had long conversations about it i asked him what the difference was and he said it was no longer about an outsider it was now i know who the guy was yep and that's why by and large he lost it, in 2020 it's why a lot of people like by uh, uh bernie sanders right because bernie sanders said very similar things the system is rigged right right and so, you know, when Dave Chappelle goes and talks about that kind of cultural commentary, talking about the hypocrisies, even to people that agree with me, I'm talking about Nate, that agree with me, uh, whether they're people of faith like I am or Democrats like I am or things like that. It's so well done. And he does. He's so skilled at it. And he can weave a really good joke through it. I just but this was punching. Down, I don't understand. I don't like it. Honestly, wh where he's become so tone deaf in that way because he's a very brilliant person not just a brilliant comedian this man understands everything and he's choosing men to do I, this I think and that's why i don't get it he's reached a point and like it's you reach a point when you're so famous you're so respected no one can really tell you no anymore uh you know like no no one no one's guiding you you're guiding yourself it's it's george lucas directing the star wars prequels no one's stopping him from yeah. put, all put, the money from putting all the Jar, power. Jar banks in the phantom menace or you know making yeah, it making a, making a droid with four lightsabers uh you know it's he, what, he my favorite scene in that movie i mean i love general grievous uh, <laughs> but no but he's bad point Brad. He, he's able to do what he what he wants to do no one's stopping him and dave Chappelle's at that point right now he's cut he's he's surrounded by yes people and the people who aren't who are trying to tell him like he doesn't care because like no one's going to tell him what what to do you could dismiss him as woke quote unquote woke or something like this and here's the thing is we talked last episode i think there was a there was a sketch in snl uh in the last episode that was about covid and it had some backlash and some people online that were upset about it because again it they they treated it as something that took covid-19 you know not serious yeah you can't joke about it yeah and we disagreed here because, yeah. again, you should be able to joke about things. But there is a difference, right? There is a big difference. And I think that's what we're getting at here in this in this critique of his monologue is it seems like Dave Chappelle doesn't get the difference. Or he, he, he's just – he knows Choose, the difference he gets, you know, and he's choosing to push and that, past I it. I think that my problem and with it – And then that becomes mean. I, and that my becomes, problem with it is that he does know the difference and he's choosing. 
Yeah. That's which, way different. Which is He's not dumb enough to not know the difference. And that's the more problematic part of it. So moving on, let's get to some of these sketches. There were some good sketches, some bad sketches. Uh, let's talk about them. All right. The first one, I know my buddy Brad loved this one because I actually go to Slash Film and where Brad I don't know works, what that is. And I read his after I watch the episodes and I do my own critiques. Thank you, Nate. I read Brad's. Nate, how do you how do you watch the episodes? I support I watched it on Peacock this week. Oh see, I do influence people. <laughs> so potato oh, sorry. Slash com. <laughs> sorry, I just coughed a little bit. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Potato hole written by Mike DeCenzo and Jake Norman. <laughs> why do why'd you say it like that? <laughs> potato hole? <laughs> Two TV anchors played by Heidi Gardner and Andrew Dismukes. Interview musician Willie T. Hawkins, played by Dave Chappelle. Who has an album titled Potato Hole? Chloe Feynman what, plays a weathercaster. Michael Longfellow plays a sportscaster. They also appear in this sketch. Um, what did you think? Let's start with you, Benny. So uh, uh, back in the 90s, there was an um, indie car a driver named Willie T. Ribs. Uh, legitimately, that was he's an African American driver. Uh, just to let us know, we are Hoosiers, so we actually. Know Sorry, yeah, I know all about. <laughs> my parents had an Indy Five Hundred party over here, so as soon as I heard Willie, what was the name of the character? Willie T. Hawkins. Willie T. Hawkins. So I immediately thought of the the black, yep. you know, NASCAR or the uh, Indy driver, Willie T. Ribs, and it, it resonated with me a little bit. Cause I'm like, oh, that's a very common name. I don't. I think that maybe, you know, people watching this sketch is like, wow, that's a pretty racist name. But that's a pretty common, you know, uh, name for an old blues musician or, you know, it's not that bad as far as uh, uh, we are concerned. The funny part about this sketch, obviously, is Dave Chappelle smoking. I just loved it so much. Brad? Did well, you love the smoking? Well, then you must have loved all of the sketches <laughs> where he was legitimately smoking real oh, cigarettes. Oh, my God. Even the photos they took for his SNL bumpers Why? before sketches begin. He's so... smoking in almost all of them. Anyway. He's addicted yeah. to cigarettes, guys. Clearly. Cigarettes are bad. Cigarettes kill. Don't smoke. What? So this... Is that solid? Is that, is that proven? That's, no, that's not proven. Listen, <laughs> the sponsor of the show, Big Tobacco, will tell you. Cigarettes. Cigarettes. Yeah. Hey, hey, big tobacco. You want us to change our opinions? You sent us. Some you sent us some money and or no, some cigarettes. We know you have both. <laughs> no. So this sketch, a lot of buildup, a lot of slow buildup, and Dave Chappelle, bored, actually, of course, for all of his foibles in the monologue and whatever he has to say, uh, uh, societally or politically, the man is a comedian. He knows how to deliver a line. He knows mm-hmm. how to act. It, he had a great great way of delivering all of his lines it felt like a Chappelle show sketch it did and uh it was it was you know better up and knock it out of the park like they just set it up so well and crushed it well and what I love about this sketch because this was the the sketch that I I love the most is the the initially the sketch felt clunky and awkward to me I was like is this really going to be like their bit like they're 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 all going to make puns about something that sounds vaguely sexual Sexual. because I don't know about you Ben I wasn't aware of what a potato hole really was so I will be the first to admit uh, or second to admit now I I (laughs) honestly was like oh what a fun thing that and then when I just found out earlier today we were talking about this oh that's literally what that was called in the sketch is real I uh, of course just kind of like the news anchors, I kind of feel like them. No, and that's that's what was fuck. great about it is it had this lead up and then like it throws this uh, a shocking punchline at you. That and, is true. Yeah, and the and the cuts to each of the cast members looking awkward and horrified at what has just happened are great. It's it's a short sketch because only three and a half minutes, and it works so well because of the lead up and the punchline. Longfellow line. especially, yeah, holding the golf pose as he's being yep. introduced <laughs> to what it really means. 
it's tremendous. It's so funny. Yeah, this was it was just a great way way to uh, to pull yeah. the sketch off. Loved it. Short, Loved it. sweet. Didn't overstay its welcome, and was was sharp and funny. Do you, Do you guys really want to know why I know what a potato hole is? Why I knew? Why Why did you know that? So in the town, our listeners won't know this, but in the town that I grew up in, I went to a small rural farm kind of school. These guys went to big inner city schools and the town of 10,000 or more people. Yeah. And so I went to this small rural school, but (laughs) there was a road. I'm not kidding you. There is a road called Potato Hole Road. Potato Hole Road. Oh, really? Yeah. And I explored why, why does it, why is it Potato Hole Road? You know what, Nate? I'll be honest with you, buddy. I've, I've done estimates for my business on that. I know that road, right? I've been on that. And honestly, never thought about it. I've never, and you know why though? Because you're white? No, no. (laughs) Yes. But I will say, uh, on that road, this is so, we can cut all this, but there is an actual uh, enormous hole on that road. Like, there's a dip that it goes down 400 feet, like a big concave thing. And as you go around it, I'm like, oh, I'm sure somebody from over top cartographically looked at this and said, oh, it's in the shape of a potato and that's a big hole in the ground. (laughs) I'm not joking. There's that, literally that, that. Honestly, it might. I'm not. I don't know why that road was but named that, the way it was. It looked like that, and I'm like, oh, that's probably why. That, I, that's ne- a, that I didn't do a the, legitimate reason to wonder. I that's didn't why do it the was. research, Nate. But I wondered why. What is it? Because I thought, well, a potato hoe or a potato hole. Like that seems weird, right? Um, and uh, we did talk about that in school. Um, and again, don't know if that's why it was named that or not. A potato but. hoe is what they called me in college because I liked French fries so much. Hey, hey, cut, Nate! Brett, can we cut that? You cut off. Just cut hey, off, Brett. We're still calling you that. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I do still love French fries, so I'll take it. Moving on, pre-tape "House of the Dragon," written by only Colin Jost, who is not a head writer anymore. Reminder: he is just a regular writer in the host. Oh, and here's a good reason why. <laughs> oh, this was terrible. The, hey, let me get, a, get sorry. in with sorry, 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 sorry. House of the Dragons. Uh, if you've watched the HBO show on, um, well, on HBO, HBO. <laughs> <laughs> House of the Dragons with uh, Chloe Feynman, Michael Longfellow, Mikey Day, Keenan Thompson, Ego Nowodin, Punky Johnson, James Austin Johnson, Dave Chappelle, with cameo by Ice-T and Danelle Rollins as different characters. So it takes the a lot of the old Chappelle show characters, brings them back in the setting of uh, the Game of Thrones show, House of the Dragon. I know, Ben, you love this sketch. So why did you love it so much? This was the laziest thing I've ever seen. Uh, it was terrible. Like I, I remember last time when they did the whole... Um, uh, Negan thing from Walking Dead, and they. I was like, oh, cool, whatever it is. I thought at that time, oh, cool. Honestly, cool. They're bringing back a Chappelle show character, and they're giving him a send off, and this is fun. This felt like, oh, we have nothing. Yeah, we're just gonna. Hey, Dave, retread- you remember those all those YouTube clips we've seen of your good. show that did really good? Yeah, let's bring them back. What the fuck was this? Now, uh, I think that Brad and I talked about this maybe off show. Um, the the uh, costuming, the CGI, the whatever. If you're throwing that together in a week, yeah. What's the guy that you follow? Uh, so it's a uh, Louis uh, B. Louis Zakarian. It's Louis Z F X, I believe it is. And so he's the one that comes up with most of. So he he does he does a lot of makeup, prosthetic, production design kind of things. If if you go look at his Instagram right now, you'll see his three recent posts are about doing stuff, makeup and things for this sketch because it looks like a legit Game of Thrones so, episode. They did so a phenomenal give, job. Give him and his team an Emmy for this sketch. It is gorgeous. It's perfect in that way. 
is so disappointing that they chose to build all this up, you know, categorically perfect sketch as far as costuming and VFX and everything, and then do this with it. And there's gonna Ugh. be there's gonna be former lovers of the show, right? The Dave Chappelle show. Oh, they're gonna former love former lovers. <laughs> me, they're gonna Who love is the lady? No, that's actually Saturday Night. They're going to see this and they're going to love seeing the characters that they loved in that show. Fine. But it's lazy. It Good is lazy. Lord, it's yeah, the laziest it's the lazy version. I, but I will, I will say I, the premise of the sketch I still appreciate, because, but like it's just a shame it's wasted because the idea of the the cast of a Game of Thrones show being diversified to have more black members. Which they did. Yeah, right? because they got criticized initially that there weren't a lot of Again, people though, of color in the original Game of Thrones series. Name me another sketch that you've seen recently that had such a good idea that fell so fucking flat. I think there's one every week probably. I but this I feel one like was, we talk about that this the felt, is good, but this the, felt offensively lazy. Like yeah. they are this was the most shoehorned thing. Hey, let's take the thing that this other guy's been known for and just haphazardly throw them in here. It was so bad. Yeah. I, I hated this. I wonder if it would have been better, I don't know, four years ago. But it they it was. They already did it. No, but I mean if they did this like during the original Game of Thrones. Yeah, fair. You know? Instead of what they did with the yeah. Walking Dead sketch, sure. No, and, and again, like you yeah. said, in the first one where they're making fun of them not having any actors of right. color. Yeah. There, yeah, there's something there, but not this. Yeah. Blech. All right. Blech. Um, barbershop Talk, written by Michael Che, Alex English, Brian Tucker. Workers and Customers at a Barbershop, played by Keenan Thompson, Ego Nawodem, Punky Johnson, Devin Walker, and Dave Chappelle discuss various topics in contrast a white worker michael longfellow has different opinions on all of them i'm going to say this about um devin walker dude you better learn to do something different than just standing there in a sketch looking all pete davidson like um or you're not going to get into a lot of sketches i i actually looked at him and i thought he needs to find something about his persona for instance you look at keenan and they can do something with just a look, right? There, there's something about their presence that makes it funny. Bo and Yang can do it, right? Cecily Strong. It's can still do it. early for him. I know, though. I know, but but I, but, 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 but I again, will say, though, like, I when, know. when they cut to him and it was his turn to deliver a line, it was like and action. He goes, oh, yep. There was it, a it lot just, of that. I, I hope everyone he can makes find mistakes. A, no, no, Listen, no, no, I'm it's still early. It's not though, because other people are crushing it. Sure, but Aristotle, Aristotle, right? I mean, he no, got fuck a off with Aristotle. He got a season. Uh, no, but Devin and Devin Walker is one of the younger cast members. He is very young. You I know? don't give a shit. Like, the, but uh, do you get what I'm saying though? You, Hernandez is crushing it. Sure. But not every not Longfellow every, is crushing. Not everyone's gonna be on Carney. that speed right now. Curtis is crushing. Give him some time. Three out of the four of them are crushing be nice. I'm not, it. I'm not disagreeing with you, Brad. Nice. I think you're right. I'm just saying when nice. you see him in this sketch, you're like, dude, there. Stop some taking me out of the sketch. Yeah, you need to. Oh yeah, out that was what took you out of the sketch. <laughs> it's not the fact that they, that they have the fucking sound cue only on for a little bit just before for the audio cue. The no, the I don't know what you're talking about. This is. I know that you guys laugh at me when I do my little logistical nitpick from time Did to time. Did you want to push your glasses hey, up real quick? It's not. It's not just us. Oh, he literally pushes. It's not pushes. just us that laughs at you. Everyone, Everyone laughs. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> no, so this this really annoyed me in this sketch because they, they use the sound of the barbershop buzzer to act as a record scratch in the sketch sure. as like a Keenan reacting like, oh, like really suck the wind out of, out of the room. Uh, but you don't hear the buzzers on for the rest of the sketch, even though Chappelle's clearly doing that. It and was, you can, you can sit I there, will. You can sit there and yep, say, well, you, don't, you can't have that sound, though, with the sketch. You're like, yeah, you can. You can. You have it buzz. on very quiet, yep. and then you make the other one louder, and you still get the same effect. But otherwise, it kind of takes you out of the reality of the situation. And honestly, I can't 
I, I really can't believe that they didn't know that because they're really normally pretty good at setting the stage yeah. like that. And it was, I will admit, Brad is right. It was very jarring when Keenan. Well, wait, say that again. It was jarring. <laughs> it was jarring. It was very jarring. No, like, go back to the first part. Uh, so, uh, He's just not as good as Hernandez mm, or Kearney. No, that wasn't it. Carney. That was the first part. It's Carney. Mm. Carney. Anyway. Brad was right. Long story <laughs> short. Longfellow story short. <laughs> uh, it is, though. If you're going to make the sketch about the sound that Keenan makes with the Because bu- it was. It was like, and moving on. Yeah. But then you, from that moment where he buzzes, you literally cut back to Chappelle holding basically the same yeah. item. And it's making no noise. Exactly. It, I'm not joking. It really did take me out of yeah. it. And I, one thing I want to say is I don't think the sketch is very great, first of all, because it, it feels like it's – we've seen this premise a lot before. Of, you know, there's, there's a white guy in the middle of a, a room of black people. He's the odd one out because everyone's like, oh, it's the weird white guy. Honestly, and they, and, that's and it, fine if it's done well, exactly. but there was nothing I, I've here. I've seen this. Yeah. This is a funny comedy trope. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It, can, it can work even if it's done repeatedly. Especially at the end, though. It was so bad. Bad the way they ended it. He and I, I felt like Longfellow even kind of botched his delivery of like uh, maybe I'll get some customers next time. Right, you know? it was like, just it was awkward as fuck. Yeah, and, and then they're like, oh, he's a cop, right? That's that's the yeah, joke. That, that I was, don't know. I it was so that weird. One, but... And on top of that, I f- way I f- to go, Colin Jost. <laughs> on top of that, I feel like I'm I'm not sure why this sketch made it to air when they already had a better version of awkward white guy in the middle of black people with the Black Heaven sketch. Which, oh, we're, we're wait, gonna, hold on, we'll we'll one. get to that. <laughs> yeah, we will get to that. So anyway. Uh, yeah, not a great sketch. All right, moving on. We're already because again, yeah, we're already nine tenths of the way through the episode yeah, because there were only we're already two weekend sketches. update because again the monologue was so long. Yeah, weekend update with Colin Jost and Michael Che with guests Jose Suarez, Marcelo Hernandez, a man born and raised in Cuba who talks about running for president one day, and Sarah Sherman who does a version of update titled the Sarah News. Let's start with weekend update as a whole. Um. I thought, again, they've done great all season. Michael Che. I thought they did great this Doing season. demeaning, sexist jokes is now my new favorite thing. Yeah. He's been doing it for a while. He's doing it to ruffle feathers. Of course. And it, that's what's funny about he's it. He's doing it on purpose, yeah. clearly. And we all know it's coming. Like, maybe we all know it's coming, but does the audience actually not know it's coming? I think sometimes they do, but but like the audience is full of such like everyday people. It's you know? so funny to me because he's clearly that's he doesn't mean any of it. Yeah, it's for the bit. Yeah, and that's an example of like when it looks like punching down, but it's not. Yeah, and that's actually for this episode. That's a great example of what we're talking Absolutely. about. I think you're when right. there's when there's meta commentary that go along with it, then there's it's a different. Yeah, Ben, vibe. I think you're absolutely right there, and a good good point out is. Nobody thinks Michael Che is being serious. Exactly. He's saying something absurd. Outlandish. That, that could uh, never be true. That, that again, if you take it as serious, it becomes very funny, right? Yeah. Uh, but nobody's nobody that I know of anyway has had has leveled any serious critiques against Michael Che for being sexist or misogynist or anything like that. It's um, like the entire country is in on the bit. Yep. And, and that's what that's makes it, it funny. I will say there have been a couple really times where some of the where some of the jokes Che has made that has ruffled ruffled a little bit. Well, but, of course but, they have. But not not to the point where like it's been like a huge controversy. Have you yeah. seen anybody like boycotting SNL? Yes. I mean there there might uh, be some other people, than but, like, you know, yeah, no. Listen, Brad and I are on. <laughs> I don't know what that means? Brad and I are on the dregs of uh, Facebook's SNL critique. I'm not. And, and ben, I, what, what are they saying? No, I'm telling you, Ben doesn't pay attention to it. There, there's some real dipshits out there. 
<laughs> is that so, true? Is it? The, oh. the SNL super fans group on Facebook is full of some of Shout the, out to the them. stupidest fucking things I've ever read. Are you serious? Yeah. And I can't stop I reading it. I don't want to join that now. <laughs> Seriously, it's so frustrating. It takes everything in my power not to comment on <laughs> Are it. Are they just like, Michael Chase is a racist and a homophobic and did you No, no, it's not. No, no, it's the opposite. Yeah, it's the opposite. It's like, it's like people people like- who, Yeah, women are terrible. Who, yeah, who are all out in support of <laughs> Chappelle and like Amy Schumer's not funny and like all this kind of- it's, it's Oh like, my God, that's even- You're right, that's even worse. Yeah, it's terrible shit. So it's not the woke mob, it's the other way. Broke mob. <laughs> no, nice. But no, I uh, one of the, I want to give a shout out, especially to man, the one uh, uh, joke that really got me from Che this week was when he was talking about the girl from University of Kentucky uh, who got kicked out of school for oh saying racial God. slurs and uh, beat, 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 beat on two black people, and she was arrested for impersonating a police officer. That was yep. such a great so joke. So fucking good, good. Groans from the audience. Hilarious. If, if uh, we talk about this, if comedy is the unexpected. That got me to my core. Yeah, I didn't see that coming. Just at a all. great, great, great joke. Great, great one joke. There. All right, let's move on to some of the bits from. Well, before uh, we get to the bits, I do want to just reaffirm that uh, this was yet another knockout installment of Weekend Update where Che and Jost did have some good. They, I will admit, some good back and that way. Also, a little disappointed that Nate, you didn't bring that up. Well, I didn't know if people are getting tired of that bit. You know, I that we, we, how, we, you know from now on, it's not a bit. It's a serious critique, and we need to focus on it. <laughs> and that's you know, Nate. Next time, like honestly, look at me. Look at my eyes. Start with it next time. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. Okay, Nate. Nate, look at me now. Look at me now. Don't fuck this up. <laughs> Uh, we're going to talk about this after we've done <laughs> All right. Moving on to some of the bits for Weekend Update. Uh, weekend Update's uh, Jose Suarez on his goal to be the first Latino-American president. Newcomer Marcelo Hernandez stops by Weekend Update to discuss his intention to be the first Latino-American president. He's pairing a character, obviously, called Jose Suarez. Um, I love where they're like, so what are you going to do? He's like, everything's basically fine. <laughs> like he, He's like, I just kind of want to do do my thing. You yeah. know? Um, what did you guys think of him? I mean, again, I lo we, I loved it. I I loved his energy throughout this whole thing. Again, there were some jokes that didn't land for me. Or sometimes yeah. it just meandered a little bit. His energy, though, is just it was like hypnotic, a, almost. Yeah, it's like so almost, almost like a, a a somewhat mad exuberance of like just just being happy to be there. Yep, and and, and when you watch SNL as much as we do, you kind of start seeing some of the people that are gonna do well, and he's kind of got it. Like he's yeah. just got this thing where. You could tell he's going to bring, A, he brings an energy to SNL that they need, mm -hmm. kind of that manic energy. B, he brings a personality that they need as well. Um, and, and C, he just he's just charismatic as all get out. So I loved him. The thing that I love about him is that there's no one else on the show like him. Yeah. Right? So he brings something completely unique to this uh, atmosphere. And honestly, much like Sarah Sherman, they both have this little window that they just knock out of the park. Yeah. And and I don't know uh, that Hernandez can do it like Sherman, where Brad's pointed out where if Sarah Sherman is put in, and I'm using finger quotes here, put in a normal outfit, she looks it's like, oh my god! Well, I, well, I don't say put in a normal outfit because that's not. I, I, I would. You've said that, that either. Yeah. You've said normal. No, no, no. Right? I, no, no you I said normal. No, I say what people perceive as normal. I say when she doesn't dress in her typical alternative wardrobe. Yeah, because that's what's accurate. <laughs> no, I, I feel like you say normal. So you know, you just off, try, no, just off the podcast. It's really, just does, yeah. aggressive. As, anyway, <laughs> I've I've railed against that, but when you say oh, normal, I just god. agree with it. It's fine. Whatever, whatever you think is normal is normal. Anyway, when. No, no, but the the idea here is when they do put Sarah Sherman in something that is known as normal to the general public, like as in 
this is a wig that is not a, a crazy haircut. And yeah, this is it's just, not. It's not her her mullet or exactly. You know, it's just not big bright colors. And she like, looks like she works on Wall Street instead. Yeah, yep. and it looks like a different person. I don't know that Hernandez will have that availability to like cross over from this bombastic Latino character that he's doing. Much like when Bo and Yang first started the show, there was a lot of pushback on like, yeah, he does the same flamboyant gay character over and over again. And and that has actually subsided now. There yeah. are people in, and yeah. I, I do yeah. actually follow the Reddit and whatever and and people have come around on Bo and Yang to say, oh, actually, he's a really good character actor. He can do nuance. He doesn't have to be this flamboyantly gay character i think that hernandez has the same availability here he's starting off as this bombastic character but i think that he he needs to prove that he can do other things as well yeah he, sarah he sherman has already evolve. proved that yeah he certainly needs to evolve but, but I right like now i'm loving getting, yep. you know I'm, I, I i don't want to take that away by the way in he's particular no, absolutely. and and honestly i had that same critique of bo and yang in the beginning because and maybe they're only just writing him in specific sketches well that remember like, the chinese delegate that he yep. was playing yeah and it was just like daddy version of yep. and so that's what we came to know him i'm like wow he's doing the same thing over now i'm looking at like jesus he can oh. do anything He's going to be. A, he's literally he's a, a star. Yep. I loved uh, in the Marcelo Hernandez bit here uh, when he does the white voice to yeah. Colin Joe. So it's like the way he's like, what, what, "What do you mean, my chancleta?" <laughs> the, way, the way he said it. It is the same thing when he did the Dominican uh, baseball thing. Yeah. Where he was like, and and so the you know the, the announcer says like, and coming to the plate, and then they yeah, he's doing the same bit but different. Yeah. And it's it's enough. It's so good. Yeah. Good stuff. And the confidence that again. He's pretty young. Absolutely. Yeah. The confidence he exudes clearly is not so nervous. fantastic. All right, moving on. Second bit of a weekend update, the Sarah News. Now, I had read on Reddit, actually, some people that had been in the rehearsals talked about this, actually. They had been working on this for a couple weeks, from what I understand. Oh. Um, and so this was- Like actually, it didn't work? Yeah, they, they. I think they just needed to kind of work it up a little bit. There were some things that they wanted to do, but some- you know, people oftentimes will go to rehearsals. These kind of things are the uh, run-throughs, and they'll they'll talk it's about the dress rehearsal, Nate. It's fine. I think everyone knew. <laughs> well, um, you know, let's talk about your skits then. Uh, the, the, the get way, the terminology correct is what I'm saying. When they did their practice skits, yeah. When they when they what said, you, "Don't back him up." What no, are you doing? You know what? Hey, Brad, that's what he's talking about. When I'm they turning practice his, skits. Hey, Brad, I'm turning his mic off for the rest of the episode. It's <laughs> a good idea. Um, so where they talk about essentially some of the sketches that didn't get used, these kind of things. And this was on there a couple couple weeks in a row. And so I was glad to actually see this kind of sure. work through. Uh, this was written by Dan Bulla, Martin Hurley, John Higgins, Ben Marshall, and Sarah Sherman. Obviously, the Please Don't Destroy guys with Sarah Sherman have a great bond. They write together yeah. oftentimes. This was Almost incredible. always with Sarah Sherman, the, the Please Don't Destroy guys are writing with her. Brad, what did, you, did you love this? Oh, I, I absolutely It was like this. Nickelodeon on mushrooms. It was mushrooms. incredible. This was, this was one of the instances where if I were you, I would have given this the best sketch of the night. But he can't do but it. But I can't do it. But you're I, not me. Because I got rules and I had to follow him. Well, I, I'll surprise you as well. Uh-oh. There was some... <laughs> Why, oh! I don't know. What do you Chappelle's guys monologue, hey. my favorite. Uh, <laughs> hey, hey, tell me this. Do you think, obviously, Che and Jost are on the tail end of, I don't know how long they'll be doing Weekend Update. Until season 50. But, but maybe. But I guarantee it. Let's say they do. Do you think Sarah Sherman is a fitting replacement and could evolve Weekend Update 
to do some really no. fun things. No, 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 no. Because I, I, because I thought about this when I was writing my review, uh, and I was thinking about would I want to see this as like a replacement on regular Weekend Update and see that? Nope. It, no, and because it needs I, to be that, right? Yeah, this works as a contrast to what Weekend Update is. Like, it's something that is amped up. That's a lot. It's a, it has a different kind of manic energy to it. It's zany. It's it's crazy, and it's focused on Sarah Sherman. You know, I don't want to see Sarah Sherman trying to do Weekend Update jokes. I want to see Sarah Sherman doing jokes that are about her in her weird way that with that 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 lisa frank meets david cronenberg like neon intestines and brains and the background uh nickelodeon on mushrooms yeah yeah (laughs) the idea that like back in uh what was it i'm gonna say 2003 six whatever it was 2036 (laughs) when um, 2003 six oh 2003 when uh when tina fey and jimmy fallon were Jamie Fallon was the silliest person I could ever think to be an anchor. Yeah. But Tina Fey balanced that. Yeah. And so the most I could think was if you did Sarah Sherman, you'd have to have like, you know, Mikey Mikey Day or something. Because I'm not saying that I'm against it. I'm saying you would need to have... If you're going to do a silly person, you got to do a serious yeah, exactly. person. And Tina but I also think had that gravitas. I don't know that anyone else on the cast currently has the gravitas to pull in a Sarah Sherman well, the like difference, Tina did with Jimmy. That's all I'm saying. The difference is, too, is this version of Sarah Sherman is still like a character. Oh, absolutely. You know? yeah. And we're, But everyone doing Weekend Update like as, is as the desk is them. is essentially yeah. them, you know, yeah. doing doing one-liners. And so to have Sarah Sherman doing Weekend Update at like this, it that's not Weekend Update. would be insane. Yeah. Yeah. So no, Nate. But I no. love this. I laughed. This I laughed so hard. Do you know why I when love she, this? When she said the turkey waddle between her legs. <laughs> oh my god! It was. I honestly was like, Bleh. and the and the fact that they have the actual turkey waddle wiggling yes, in wiggling. the picture too. Oh it my god! Just like that's. Gross. But even so from gross. the get go, they, right? They they brought in a pink desk. Yeah. They like and a, that, a ma- and a map too. Right. All of that stuff worked so well. So yeah. again, kudos to the props department for like taking that reality and bending it. We were so used to her being like the reporter on scene making yeah. fun of Colin. I'm like, oh, great. What are they going to yeah, do? Yeah, I thought it was going to be that, but it was and different and fun. We kept saying, uh, this is going to be funny until they run out of things to do. Yeah. They have not run out of things to do. And also the other joke I love was when she did air quotes for Michael Chase straight persona. Oh, yeah. His, his uh, Michael Chase update persona. Yeah. And <laughs> all that did for you, Brad, was to bring in Colin Jost and Michael Che yep. together. So then now we're back full and Chay, circle. And Che's reaction, the cut to it was quick, yep. and the look on his face was yep. perfect. That's that's what you love. I get it. Love it. All right, moving on. Head perfect weekend update, by the way. Written perfect. By Alex mm-hmm. English, Gary Richardson, Streeter Seidel. Sorry, I, I cut you off. What no, do you say? Uh, Heaven Scene, written by Alex English, Richard, or Gary Richardson, and Streeter Seidel. A dead man, played by Devin Walker, goes to Black Heaven. He is shown around by hosts, Ego Nawodin, Keenan Thompson, the gimmick of this uh, sketch is Mikey Day fills in on Dave Chappelle's part and says a lot of slang that Dave Chappelle would. Danelle Rawlings cameos in the sketch. Punky Johnson appears in the sketch as well. Uh, Best sketch of the night. It was close. This was very funny. I loved this. This was the best Mikey Day was I can't He's say perfect. that line He's perfect <laughs> It's the most Mikey Day you could oh, ever hope was... for I can't do that it's, I don't I've heard him say it a thousand idea. times Oh so good The cuts to Dave Chappelle yep. were funny oh, Seriously yeah like watching him laugh And like them just like crack up It's at the, the scenario. only time I'm not joking. It's the only time when him smoking a cigarette Made sense Yeah, because he's off camera So yeah, uh, he casual. would be able to do whatever 
Oh my God, dude. It was so good. Mikey Day is incredible as this character. They couldn't have casted it better. 10 out of 10. This is an all-timer. It's hey, so good. I learned something uh, because I don't know about you guys. I had no idea that Mikey Day was on Wild and Out. I actually went to Google that after. Yeah. So I'm like, no. And it's true. It is absolutely <laughs> yeah. true. It is absolutely true. Uh, so what did you think of Devin Walker in this sketch? <laughs> <laughs> they so, couldn't okay. even keep a straight face. All right. So I will say, of course, I thought they set it up perfectly that Dave Chappelle's character was going to be played by Devin Walker. That was so. Yeah, if you're asking me a question, I'm going to answer with, "Yeah, he was a good fake out. <laughs> he did. He did great standing there." <laughs> All right, please don't destroy, guys. We're back for another uh, pre-tape election night, written by Martin Hurley, John Higgins, and Ben Marshall. Molly Carney becomes the Attorney General of Ohio. Must make a speech soon. Real life NBC News reporter Steve Kornacki cameos. Molly Carney, good I lord, am such a big fan. Now. I love, yeah, them. she brings again they, another they, energy. They, sorry, they, sorry. they, they bring such a great energy to this show, yeah, that was needed. Gives a little bit of a Chris Farley, dude. Vibe. It's a far, it's a Farley vibe all day I, long. I, I, I want to be careful. I don't care. I, it's not an impression. No, no it's, it's not. It's a, it's, it's and honestly, an honest and authentic. It's a vibe personification, really. It's a, it's, it really is a mix. This is gonna sound like that I, I'm leaning into a stereotype when I describe what they're doing, uh, but it really is a Chris Farley meets A.D. Bryant scenario, and it's, and it's not just because they're a bigger comedian. It's because the the the, the presence that they have. There's a Chris Farley energy, but there's also a little bit of A.D. Bryant there too. The, the way the way that they say certain lines, but it's with a it's it's an A.D. Bryant inflection with a Chris Farley voice. And it, it's a bigger than life character yeah. always, and they don't. It's it's that thing where they don't know that they're being bigger than the rest of everybody in the room, right? Yeah. Where they just say like, "I just don't know," and it's you look at that and go like. No one would be that loud, but we all know people that are that loud, and Chris Farley was you, that we loud. We definitely know people yeah. that are that no, loud. <laughs> Brad but, and I know people that loud. But the idea here is that they are so good at that, and it comes across so naturally. There's no putting on airs. There's no there, nothing about their performance is 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 trying too hard. Yeah, it's just who they are. Yeah, and I respect that so much as somebody who also identifies as a funny person. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, it's good that you self-identify. So. <laughs> yeah, this, uh, yeah, no it, one else does. It's hard. It. It's hard to fake lovability. Oh, Chris Farley so, had it, yep. and everyone that knew Chris Farley said yep. he was lovable. Like yeah. he was just genuinely innocent and lovable. Molly has Molly Carney seems to have spades. that as well. Oh that my God! In David Spades, hard not to love them. Come and on. this was, and this, I mean, and the sketch too. Uh, uh, well, yeah. Besides it. that, it's a really funny premise. Yeah, it, what I think this is, this is like, please don't destroy at their their best because I always love when they they escalate a situation in <laughs> such a fast paced short amount of time. Like watching them go through this entire gamut is hilarious to me because it's it's the 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 way that it completely condenses the time of which it happens and how they go through all of the rigmarole no, of an I, election. I, I really do love that because it's not just about what they're doing in the sketch. It's about the political cycle and how clearly, quickly that could go. Yeah. And it's truncated even more, obviously. Yeah. When the, he knocks on the door and comes in with the camera, well, I'm here now, It's that's really funny. Yeah. It's a It's a good moment. 
And the reaction to was it Chris Konarki? Is that his name? Steve Kornacki. Steve Kornacki. Steve Kornacki. Wow. Yeah, great. Steve Steve Kornacki. I don't know how Steve Kornacki had time this week because I'm a huge Steve Kornacki fan, and obviously it's election week, and he was busy. Yeah, they. But the 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 way that they react to it is like is like they're incredulous about it. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> Why are you? Here? Yeah, no. And then the skits works. It's worked so well. It's it's like Christmas every day, and then the segue and the like the 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 time out there. It can't be Christmas every day because it would no longer be a special day. It's so They just good. do so yeah. absurd, funny. Even little stuff like yep. the cut to the kid's face after he's threatened. And, <laughs> uh, and oh, it was so good. <laughs> yeah. like, it was so good. And and Sarah Sherman, you know, being out of her normal dress and like looking like a, a legit politician's wife, you know? Oh, like that, I didn't realize that was Sarah Sherman. See? Exactly. <laughs> I did not realize that. I yeah. honestly didn't. As Brad would say, when she looks normal. Oh, I don't see it. <laughs> so if if we could pick a cut for time, or sorry, if we could pick a pre-tape for sketch. You can pick a pre-tape for, for so, my sketch. No, I don't, you absolutely can. But yeah. I don't like doing that because they had multiple Also, oh, you have it. your own rules, too. <laughs> I get mine for my rules, but then you have. Here's the thing: is we've seen terrible pre tapes as well, so I feel like yeah. that's a legitimate. I don't know though. And they're sketches; they're full on sketches. I don't know. It just it feels disingenuous because we've, we've you have so many pre tapes sure favorite he has sketches. As well. Yeah, but you have so. But I just feel I okay. Maybe it's just me, but I feel like it live. It's there's so much more in the balance. Sure. So that's what it's harder to pick a pre tape. I I don't I don't know if it's harder if it's the funniest. As far as and it's a flat out sketch because for me the thing the difference is it's weekend update they're not necessarily sketches like there's no story there you know like they're they're doing they're doing they're basically doing the equivalent of a of a stand up bit I'm not allowed to pick or a one man show a pre tape and I'm not allowed to pick weekend update no no you are allowed to pick a pre tape that's what I'm saying but, I, but I'm not allowed to pick weekend update even right. though it's a whole but it's segment. not a, but it's not a full sketch. I think you can't pick weekend updates uh, bits, but Brad doesn't. So yeah, and and what I'm, I say goes. I, you and I can. Both it's okay because this time it was legitimately uh, the the heaven sketch was yeah, the black, best one. Black heaven. It was yeah. incredible. Let's move on to our. Yeah. Favorite. So what are you even complaining about? <laughs> this episode, nothing. Fa- favorite. Sketch. <laughs> Actually, this episode, Dave Chappelle. <laughs> yeah, there you favorite go. sketch of the night, Black Heaven. For oh, me, for by you far, well. by far. Potato hole was mine. Potato I like, but, but 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 Black Heaven was it's was very close. so good. Mikey Day was so good, and he gives my MVP because of that. He okay, was so, so you good. Gave my MVP of the night, Mikey yes. Day, for you. What Done. Did you, Sarah Done. Sherman. Sarah. Big, oh yeah, because the weekend today. Cool. Uh, Sarah Sherman for me as well. That just, was brilliant. Just keep telling me that I can't pick weekend update characters as the you know the sketch of the night, but yet you guys can pick them for your okay performer of the night. That's fine. Everything works. This is great. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you for following the rules. Man. You hey, guys are so shitty. We're on a break soon, right, Brad? What what have we got? We are on a break. We'll be we'll be away for the next few weeks. There's no Thanksgiving episode, which is disappointing. I love my my SNL Thanksgiving episodes. I love feasting on comedy. But you know what? Coming up December third, Tom Cruise hosting with Nickelback. Ah, I want that to be true so bad. <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't honestly know if it's December third is a Saturday. I thought Tom Cruise was really hosting. I'm like, what? Yeah, no, it is. It is December third. Uh, is it really? It is December third. I guess that was a total guess. I love it. But the host is Kiki Palmer, uh, who oh, is the star star of this summer's Nope, Jordan Peele's uh, sci-fi horror movie, which comes to Peacock really soon. Which I'm guessing why she's going to be on. I mean, I'm I'm sure she's just on because SNL wasn't on during the summer, and so it's convenient. I know, but, it, but the it, timing but it's also yeah, timing it is it. synergy because it is yeah, a universal movie yep. and so peacock i'm agreeing and, with, with nate that because it's coming out on peacock that's why she's hosting 
it's it's a, she, it's a she good, should host. She's yeah, a great talent, regardless and, of the time. Yeah, but I'm just saying. I bet they looked Shut at up. the calendar. <laughs> they but looked at the calendar and said, "Nope, is coming to Peacock this week. Let's put her on this." Yeah, week. Nope is coming. Yep, Kiki Palmer. Okay, well, <laughs> I wish is... they would have gotten Jordan Peele to host again, but you know. Oh man. So we uh, obviously, if you're gonna miss our voices, as you probably do, yes, we've got another podcast. Go flicks yourself. Look that up, and you can follow us. We will still be recording those weeks that we're off here on the ten to one. Yeah, we'll be talking about uh, turkey movies, Christmas movies. Just having laughs. Yeah, I can't Doing wait. like a Bubba Gump shrimp thing? Turkey movies, mm-hmm. Christmas movies, mm-hmm. New Year's movies. No, mm-hmm. you're doing Sling you're Blade. You're doing Sling Blade. <laughs> That's actually not at all. Hey, by the way, has Billy Bob Thornton ever hosted SNL? Ooh, I think he did. has, actually. I honestly think he has. I think he hosted in like the late 90s. So real quick, before we end, just real quick. In the 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 the, the second part of the year, who do you want to host? Tom Cruise. He's never going to host. He won't ever host. Leo DiCaprio will never host. They take themselves too seriously. But who legitimately has a shot at hosting that you would actually like to see? I want to see Chris Hemsworth. Again, I don't care in what capacity. I want to see Hemsworth do it again. I love him so much. Has Keanu Reeves ever hosted? I would love to see Keanu Reeves host. Nate, what, do you, what about you, buddy? Yeah, I, I don't know. There, there are a lot of really, really great talents other that uh, Chris Hemsworth would be a great one. I, I don't actually remember his last one. What were some of the sketches if you remember? Uh, I honestly don't remember what <laughs> the individual sketch was. I just remember watching his second time hosting was phenomenal and, and thinking, oh my God, he did it again. Um, Angela Bassett would have been amazing for One Kind of Forever. She is tremendous. I would have loved to see her. Um, it looks like Keanu Reeves has not hosted SNL. Billy Bob Thornton has hosted. He hosted once in 2001. So right around the time that we thought it oh, would be. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Keanu Reeves has it. That's who, that's who I would like to see host yeah. SNL. All right. Maybe, uh, should we get another Paul Rudd where he gets to actually host? I mean, I would, I would love that. Yeah, because Ant-Man Ant- Ant- comes Ant- out in March. Ant- yeah. So. We should so. probably February, out, I think. Like, who's, who's, who's on the cusp of the five-timers club? I would love to see, you know, whoever is uh, right there. You know Timberlake, is he? No, he's already five-timers. So has Channing Tatum ever hosted? I yes, I believe so. Because he's got the next Magic Mike's coming out early next year as well. Mm-hmm. Maybe that would mm-hmm. be another good one. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Denzel. Oh, I don't know if he's ever hosted. I would love to see Denzel host. That would be fun. Uh, John Wick four again, or John Wick Chapter four would be will, a good one. Will we see? Uh, oh, what about um, uh, Michael B. Jordan? I was literally just going to say that because of Creed. Yeah. I would like, or yeah, te- of or Tessa Thompson maybe as well because oh. she's. Oh my God, Tessa Thompson would be amazing. I want Tessa Thompson to host something in the port. <laughs> <laughs> Tessa, you know, hey, come on down. Yeah, do you, I know you don't do stand up, but we do stand up comedy shows. Or if she wants to host uh, uh, an intimate uh, char- charcuterie night. What are you doing right now? Are Tessa, you uh, Tessa Thompson? I don't, I don't know, know if you know this. He's got a little bit of a crush. Tessa Thompson. I don't know what you what you're doing, but I would I would love to just hang out. That got weird quick. It's well, like me and Heidi Gardner. What about what about? Um, oh, you know who would be fun? Lupita Nyong'o. Yes, or Anya Taylor Joy. She's got some films coming out next year as well. Mm-hmm. Um, what about Fred Armisen, who has a, a role in the Super Mario Brothers coming out in May, coming back? To you know host. what? Vanessa Bayer. Yes, I will take Vanessa I, I just Bear. want yeah, Vanessa Bayer for all, and I only want her to do Weekend Update characters the entire night. No, okay. there, 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 there's some Incre- great. She's incredible. 
Great, great talents to come. All right, out. guys. Well, we're going to take a break. Go Flix Yourself is also available on the online. So go you know, follow us here, follow us there, follow us everywhere. All right. Easy, Dr. Seuss. <laughs> All right. Be good to yourself. Be good to others. Bye-bye.